You're listening to episode 52 of Friending, a podcast that helps women have fulfilling female friendship no matter what season of life they're in. Because let's just get real here for a hot second. Every season is like we're all trying to refigure out our friendships again. If you don't know already, my name is Noelle Rhodes. Nice to meet you. And this is what I do. I study female friendship and then I chat about it with you. And today is a very special episode because I have an interview with a real life in person. I talked to her in the flesh and blood friend. And that's always a real treat for me to be able to interview my real life friends who I get to hang with. Kimberly Amici is the host of Build Your Best Family podcast. She's also a family culture coach and has some really great resources and courses on how you can cultivate a family culture that's actually enjoyable and life-giving. And today we're going to be talking about a facet of friendship that I think many of us know that we need, but we don't know how to do it. And that is why you need family friends and how to make awesome ones. And Kimberly's got some pure gold for us, some practical tips, and I know you're just going to love her. So here she is, my friend, Kimberly Amici. Kimberly, meet the friending listeners. Friending listeners, meet Kimberly. I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about who you are. I know who you are because you're my friend in real life, but um, the listeners may not know. So just share a little bit about who you are and what season of life you're in. And then, of course, tell us what you are most passionate about. Okay, so I am a stay-at-home mom turned family culture coach. I'm a writer and a podcaster. So my husband and I, like you, live in New Jersey. We're about 12 miles outside of New York City. We have three kids who are all teenagers now, um, 13, 15, and almost 17. I'm sure she will be behind the wheel of a car, driving the streets of Jersey by the time this is aired. Um, And yeah, we are totally loving this phase of parenting. It has been fantastic for us. We just really enjoy getting to know these people that are living under our roof and um, just sort of coaching them and them, shepherding them into the next season of their life, which is adulthood soon. So um, I'm just really passionate about helping people create environments where they thrive. So my, my early work as an interior designer and now as a family culture coach, I love helping people have the family that they want and have the environment that they want. And even for me, myself, I love every day managing my home, um, taking care of the things that will take care of my people and allow them to thrive and grow. Um, and even, you know, taking care of and creating environments for people that we're opening our doors to maybe not right in this particular moment, but <laughs> you know, whether it's friends, family, small groups, just creating an environment for people where they can really thrive. I love that. And I know that it is, that is hundred percent true about you. That is what you are passionate about. Well, I know that we've talked about this like on a personal level, but I always ask this question to all my guests and that is what have you found to be the biggest struggle when it comes to friendship as an adult? You know, like in the beginning when I became an adult, I, I had a hard time transitioning because I didn't understand why it wasn't just like it had always been. Um, so really quickly, my story was that I, you know, high school, college, you know, 
got my first job, got my second job, moved from Atlanta to New York. And I, it was very, very easy to make friends because I was working, I was doing all the things, I was single, I didn't, I could just get out and be around. And, you know, much like during school, the people that I was friends with were people that I was around all the time. So it was proximity that had tied me to all these people. But when um, I had my oldest daughter and we moved to the suburbs and I stopped working outside the home, I like found myself really lost. And so there were years when I just didn't understand what was going on, why I didn't have friends. And I really started to learn about friendship and what, what is important in friendship and how you make friends and how you keep friends and how it's different. And that was really such a pivotal experience for me in my adulthood. And then once I sort of had that figured out, I started to get frustrated because I wanted family friends. Like I would go on Facebook and I would see like people together and I'd be like, why aren't like, I, what, why didn't I get invited? And why aren't we doing things together? And how come they're on vacation together? And what are they doing together? And so I had really learned so much about like individual friendship with other women, <clears throat> friendship that revolved around common interest, friendship that was done on purpose, but we still had this sort of lack with like knowing, like, like broadening our circle, like really feeling full because I'm not just a mom, you know, I'm not just, well, I'm not just a woman, I'm a mom and a wife. And there's other parts of me that I would love to share with friends. And like, I wasn't having those kinds of relationships. My friendships were compartmentalized. And so then it transitioned to really that being the obstacle of like, okay, how do we come into the fullness of all that friendship has to offer? Yeah, I I can tell you, it's like when you are a woman, you have to kind of relearn friendship in every season of your life or every mm-hmm. phase. Like, you know, what does friendship look like after college? What does friendship look like after you get married or in a serious relationship? Then when you have yeah. kids, it's like it's always your you're sort of relearning it. And in, in some cases, I, I think it's kind of annoying, but it's true. like, I think women kind of have to do that a little bit more than men. I hate to say it, but I think it's true. And I think family yeah. friendship is another phase. It's like, okay, yeah. I have friends, my kids have friends, but do we have friends together? And I would like you just to tell us a little bit about what you believe is family friendship or, or like a family friend, like how would you define that? And what are the benefits of cultivating that kind of relationship with another family? Yeah. So when my kids were real young, I did start to develop some friends with other moms and we would have play dates and we would, you know, even do like occasional dinners together when our husbands were working late or traveling. And that was great. I mean, that was so important and, and pivotal to my growth and my kids growth, but like my husband and I didn't have any friends. And so to me, when I think of family friendships, I think of, you know, the husband, the wife, their kids, my kids, like just everybody together, really embracing who we are as a family and then spending time together, not really compartmentalizing those relationships. And so, um, you know, there's so many benefits to it. Um, You know, first of all, I think that it just creates a lot of fun. Right. So like something that you can share with your family, not only like, like to bring your friendships and the people that you care about and to bring them all together is just a lot of fun. You know, in terms of benefits a lot, like as I was thinking and preparing for this, there's so many benefits to us personally, but I kept going back to the benefits it has for our children. And so one of the benefits I think is that these kind of family relationships, cultivating time spent with other people together, it teaches kids 
how to have fun with kids that aren't necessarily in their friend group, which I think is so important because for so long we would, um, you know, just do things around town, go to events. And I'd be like, Oh, why don't you go talk to her? And why don't you go? Well, she's not in my friend group. Well, she's not in my friend group. Like they literally didn't realize that they could have friendships outside who they sat with at the cafeteria table. And what, what happened was, um, when we started to connect with other families and their children would come over, there'd be this initial awkwardness. And we, we started teaching our kids like, Hey, like you don't need to be BFFs to sit down and enjoy something like find what you have in common, start talking to them. You have no choice. <laughs> Here you go. Um, and so it was really fun to see um, our kids. And this is a huge benefit um, building relationships with kids that are both older than them and younger than them, kids that they wouldn't normally connect with in school or in social situations. And so it, it just really helps them develop socially. Um, I think another benefit is that it also models grown-up friendships so we've talked, you talk about this on the podcast and we've talked about this often, like we don't really know what, like what is grown up friendship? Like that's where our biggest struggle is, is making that transition from childhood to grown up. And when I think back to my parents, they really, they had grown up friends, but they weren't fan, like we weren't friends with other families. And so their sort of friendships, friendship wasn't modeled to me. And so I knew they had friends that they would go places with, you know, they would do a bowling league and they would, you know, volunteer, but I never got to see what real friendship was like. And so again, this benefit of modeling this to our kids, I think is fantastic. It just equips them. And I think a third benefit is that it creates a network for you and your friends. And now this is not meant to sound like, <laughs> what's the word manipulative or like, like uh, ulterior motives to having friends, but this really, like, if you think beyond that word, um, you know, it gives other, other grownups an opportunity to be invested in your kids. And, you know, like for an example, it's so nice to have, um, well, for example, on my, on my children's 13th birthday, we do these books for them and we ask grownups that are in their lives, whether it's coaches or family friends or pastors or youth pastors to write letters to them about, what they need to know in this next phase of their life. And so these relationships that we've created have, have literally positioned these people in their lives that they respect, that they la have laughed with, that they've competed in games against, that they, they've shared meals with. It, it gives them an opportunity to build relationships with grownups. And then those grownups are able to invest and be a part of their lives, which is so fantastic to have that. Yeah, I love your idea. The the book on the thirteenth birthday is such a great idea. We've done that um, with our daughter. Not for her; she's not thirteen yet. We did it when she turned eleven. Mm -hmm. um, I I cannot tell you how the family friends in our life have pretty much helped Troy and I stay sane in raising our children too. I think mm -hmm. there's something like just to know that some of the things that you go through as a family other people are going through them too. And when we lived in Northern Ireland, we had some, I mean, just really tremendously wonderful friendships, family friendships. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I think I would have been terribly lonely because I was American living in Northern Ireland if I didn't have these people who mm -hmm. would be able to say, well, how did it go with Silas's teacher and the, and the meeting you had? Or, you know, they, they were like you were saying, they're invested. They know mm -hmm. about what's happening in your life. Mm -hmm. And 
they know your kid. It's not like mm-hmm. they're your couple friend or your friend, your girlfriend that you're just chatting to. Yeah. They like know your child and they interact with your kid. I love that. Mm-hmm. And I also love yeah. what you talk about um, your your um, kids like learning how to make friends with people who aren't their age necessarily, or like you said before, in their friendship circle, their existing circle. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, recently we had a barbecue at our house and our daughter, um, she, you know, we, we have like this neighborhood barbecue I've talked about on the po- podcast. And so there are a bunch of little kids there and she was like playing with all the little kids. And afterwards we said to her, Olive, that was so cool of you to like play with all the little kids. You'd have to do that. And she said, well, the big kids used to always do that for me and it always felt so nice to be included. And Aww. I think that really hit me. Like, I mean, I didn't teach her to do that. Somebody else's, yeah. <laughs> somebody else's kids uh, taught her that, but she was able to learn that, Hey, when I was included by the big kids, it made me feel special. It made me feel welcome. Yeah. I want to do the same thing for these little kids. And mm-hmm. then it gets passed down. So yeah. family friendship in, in some kind of crazy way impacts generations. Oh, and for that's, sure. That's really cool. And I think mm-hmm. it's important to go this is important. This mm-hmm. is not just something that over oh, happens. Great. No, this should be something that you're purposely trying to cultivate mm-hmm. because it positively impacts your family, but I really believe it will positively impact generations. Oh, so yeah. I love that. I love the benefits you listed. Yeah. Now, if it were easy, we'd all be doing it. So I'd love yeah. for you to talk about the obstacles, one or two obstacles or challenges that sometimes you do come up against when it, when it comes to trying to cultivate a family friendship. Yeah. Okay. So two obstacles. Um, I think the first one is finding the right fit. I think that oftentimes we overthink think it. You know, um, this is not negative to any of the people that we are now so close with and in such amazing relationships with. But when we first started out, we like if you would have told me who I was going to end up being close with, I wouldn't have believed you. Like I wanted to be friends with that person and I wanted to be friends with this person. And what do I possibly have in common with them? And so it's interesting to find out who we are friends with right now. Um, and so I think like we overthink it. We think, well, who do we want to be friends with? Right. Um, and I think the hardest part is like being discouraged about finding the right fit. Right. So, um, you know, one of the, one of the myths about this, and I think one of the things people might believe is that our kids have to be like, that all of our kids have to line up in age or that all of our kids have to be friends in order for this to like make sense. Like I've actually, um, you know, invited, I've been hesitant to invite people over because I'm like, well, you know, like our kids don't really know each other and they're not in the same friend group, but going back to what we said before, the benefit of actually giving them the opportunity to stretch socially is so good. But for a long time, I let that like bother me. Like I, I would ask my kids permission to be friends with these people. And I'm like, "Mm, that's not really the way it works. (laughs) Um, and so, so that's one of it, finding the right fit. I think we can get discouraged pretty quickly. And I think the, the number two is, um, like, having an expectation for what that friendship would look like and maybe not, um, not pursuing it, um, because we're making assumptions or because, um, we make it, or we assume that they don't want to be friends with us and those assumptions can really hurt us. Um, but actually one more thing that I wanted to add with that is our busy schedules, our busyness. I mean, during quarantine, we're not as busy, but we're not exactly allowed to really hang out. 
but our busy schedules and like uh, finding people that number one, hold it as, as important as we do, meaning that they'll be willing to make the time for it. Um, but then finding the people that have the time for it. Right. And so you know, some of our good friends are friends that just have the same mindset of us and that they were willing to go out last minute for a drink or they were willing to not be like, well, I got to ask my kids and I don't know if they're up for it. And we have so much going on. Like that's an obstacle, you know, like finding the people that are just up for it because they're looking for a relationship. I mean, many, many people are waiting for you to ask them to hang out. And so it, they have, but they, but I also feel like they have to get to the place where they're willing to be like, this is important to me and I'm going to make this work and I'm going to bring my kids over and we're going to bring a dish and we're going to figure this out. So finding that kind of match in terms of mindset too. Yeah. And I, I mean, I talk about this all the time on the podcast. You have to be willing to, to be the initiator, to be the one mm-hmm. that invites. If you're waiting for another family to invite your family over, you may be waiting for a little bit because mm-hmm. of the busy, you know, a lot of us, and, and I, I raise my hand and saying, have drank the Kool-Aid of being busy. And, you know, we're just so busy that we don't even think, oh my gosh, my family needs to like have a day with another family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. if you're waiting to be invited, that may not happen because everybody else is busy too. So yeah. you have to be the one that initiates. I think you bring up a really good point too about finding the fit and finding somebody who has the time or wants to make the time, I should say. Yeah. I mean, we have come across this too. Like there's been people that we've invited and invited and invited and invited. And it's always like, love to, but love to, mm. but, and mm. I've just learned, you know, that's okay. Like, I'm not going to be offended by it, but I'm going to like move on to the next person. And yeah. if it works out later down the road, great. But if it's not happening for right now, I don't need to take that as like, personal rejection to my family. Oh, absolutely. It's something they're going through. It's yes. their thing. It's not on us. Mm-hmm. Move on and go to mm-hmm. another family because they probably are lonely too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And one, another thing I want to say about fit is like, I don't know. I mean, I'm a, I think, I think all of us can relate to this is that sometimes as women, we find like our BFF and then the husbands don't really click you know, and then we try to get together for other, with other, we've tried in the past to get together with other couples and like the husbands don't really hit it off or they're too different. And then you're like, oh my gosh, does that mean like we won't, we'll never hang out again. And then you sort of do, but then you just, you know, it's, it's weird. Couple friendships are weird, but I have found that family friendships eliminates that awkward coupleness, meaning that all of a sudden, if the, if the guys aren't BFFs, and I'm sure this happens on the flip side, if the guys aren't BFFs, the fact that you're there with your family and your children and your spouse and everyone is together, there's, it's like a buffer. And so like you find ways to be friends, you find things to connect with. So a lot of the people, when we get together with a lot of friends, it usually revolves around food or games and, and even some activities that we've done and uh, that game and that activity bridges the gap between them having to be buddy buddy and to connect on all levels. That's a really good point because sometimes you can feel like, oh my gosh, if my partner is not connecting with the other person's partner, then this isn't working. And sometimes, <laughs> I mean, 
Troy and I always joke about this. His level of like need for friends is much lower than mine. So mm-hmm. he's like, whatever, like whoever comes great. You know, like he's not super like, let's hang out with people all the time, you know? Yeah. Um, so even kind of like working with your spouse's like need for, for social connection mm-hmm. is always really interesting too. So I'm sure someone's mm-hmm. going like, my husband does the same thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> how would you advise us to start practically cultivating family friendship today? Like what is a really practical thing that we could do today? Because this is important. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to give you one super important thing. And then just a couple other little things that I think will really help. Um, so I would say number one, and, and I think that you've talked about this too. And in a similar way is to like start dating. Like remember when you were dating, you were just going out with a number of people. Um, not that I went out with everybody, but you know what I mean? I would go out with different people to find out who was a fit for me, who I enjoyed being with. And so you, you really almost have to be strategic about it. At one point, my husband and I put together a list of families that we wanted to like have over so that we had a go-to list and we were working our way through the list. And what we would found is like, okay, they, they don't really, they don't really have time to get together. They don't really want to get together. Oh, they like to get together. Oh, they're fun to be with. Um, oh, I don't know what I think about them, but let's go out with them again. Cause I think we could have connected you know, on this level. And so, yeah, I mean, people are just waiting to be asked to do something. And if you are spending time with friends and you're getting to the end of the night and you're saying goodbye and they're saying, let's do this again, then do it again. And don't wait for them to make the next move. There are so many relationships that we have with friends that they actually don't reciprocate the way we think that they I mean, not anymore because we've kind of gotten over that, but they're not necessarily reciprocating. I mean, this happens to me in my own personal friendships, but it happens to us with family friendships is that we're always the initiators, but we never get a no. So I, I get to make a choice. I can either expect them to reciprocate and invite me into their life in the same way we've invited them into ours, or I could just be like, this is how I want to show up and I enjoy having them and they don't mind coming over. So I'm just going to keep asking them. Right. So don't get caught up on how you think that they should behave and what their friendship should look like back to you. You know, I know that there's people that they're going to show up for me every time I ask. And so why am I getting all like overthinking? Why they're asking me? Why haven't they done that with me? And you know, you just, you can't do that or else you end up like squashing what could be a very amazing relationship. Um, and then think out of the box too, like as you're, as you're dating these families, think out outside the box. So it doesn't always have to be at your house. It could be, you can invite people over, you can meet out at a park. We like to do games. Um, I mean, I don't think a restaurant is the best place to get to know another family, but once you're further into the relationship, you can maybe go out to restaurants. Um, events, we, we found that events you know, in our community are a really great way to get together with another family because again, it creates that buffer. So as you're getting to know this other family, you don't have to worry about, oh my gosh, is the conversation going to go stale and do, am I going to have to come out with something really creative? Um, but I think one of the, I think one of the important tips to, to also consider as you're cultivating these relationships as a family, and this goes back to family culture. And what I love to talk about is that it's important to decide what these relationships will look like for you. When we first started connecting with friends as families on intentional levels, we had to decide like, if we have friends over, does that mean that one of the kids gets to go to a friend's house? If they, if there isn't a match, like a kid match for them, 
um, do they get to make other plans on that night? Um, what does it look like? Like, and so we, we made, we kind of bumped around in the dark a little bit and we finally decided like, no, like we're having a family over. You don't get to go to your, your friend's house. You have to stay because what happens is we had a few times where they would bring their child and we didn't have our child and it was kind of awkward and there was nobody for them to talk to. And so we started to say, okay, we have to know what we think about this so that we know how we're going to show up as a family. And, uh, and another thing, like, once you find those people that you really love to be with, show up in each other's lives. I mean, it's nice to have people over, but what we've started to do is, um, like, go to each other's children's sporting events. Like, if we don't have anything to do on a Friday night, you, you'll probably find us at my son's best friend's basketball game. So they're in seventh grade and here our family is showing up to seventh grade boys basketball. And at first, some of the other parents on the team were like, you don't even have any kids on this team. I'm like, oh no, but we're here for them. You know, like, and it shocks people and it surprises people, but, but why not? Like, why not go and support one another? And so we've, we've just, we have friends that reciprocate and it's so good to have like, you know, a cheering section on the bench for your child because you've invested in these incredible relationships, you know? So show up for one another, show up for the graduations, the, the, the birthday parties, you know, make the carpool offers to them first because they're your people and you're going to look out for them and you're interested in cultivating a relationship with them. Those are all really good ideas um, and tips that really anybody can start doing today. I mean, the thing is you just got to do it. Like mm -hmm. just got to do it, yeah. which is hard. It is hard. Um, because if you're afraid of rejection, I mean, I get the whole thing. I do. But I think that what yeah. I've learned is once you start doing it and then you start showing up, there are memories made there that, that make that connection even stronger. And like, oh, yeah. like last year, Olive was in her first uh, play and she had a leading role and it was really exciting. And like our family friends, they, they came and they cheered her on and she was just so like moved by that. So I, I agree with you. I mean, we talk about this all the time, but also you were talking about how you were trying to decide if your kids should stay when family friends come or is it okay for them to go to their friend's house? Mm -hmm. You know, to be honest with you, real life is learning how to make friends with people that you don't know well or, or are probably not your exact same age. So this is so, mm -hmm. it's like so good for them to learn how to become a adult who has good people skills mm -hmm. by staying back staying with the family and learning how to connect with somebody that they don't know or mm -hmm. is not the same exact age as them. It's, it's like yeah. priceless. How else are you going to teach it? So I love this stuff. So important. Yeah. Now, uh, love for you to tell us about your podcast and where we can find you on the internet. Okay. So my, my podcast is called build your best family and it's a podcast about building family culture. So it's just a fancy word for deciding how your family is going to do life and doing it continually on purpose and figuring out what you want your family to be known for and how you're going to show up. And, um, we basically use the principles that organizations use to create culture and we apply them to families. So our podcast is just amazing information on how you can build culture and the things that you can consider as you are, you know, going after that life of purpose and passion and mission and intentionality. And you can find us on Instagram at build your best family. I also write at Kimberly and I'm on Instagram as Kimberly Amici. 
yes, everyone should go and follow her and the podcast handle and definitely go and check out Build Your Best Family podcast. And I will put this in the show notes because, you know, people get stressed out. Yeah. They're not, they're not going <laughs> to remember everything. You know, I get like direct messages. Where do I get that book? It's always in the show notes, people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's in the show notes. So don't, don't sweat it. Yeah. So I have a new question that I've been asking people on the podcast mostly because I've been doing some research. And that mm-hmm. is, what would you tell your 11-year-old self about friendship? So if you could go back and talk to 11-year-old Kimberly, what would you say to her? Yeah. So 11-year-olds, that's like fifth grade, sixth grade, <laughs> envisioning myself back there. Um, well, obvi- like, first off, you're, it's going to be okay. <laughs> And um, I would just encourage myself to find your people, that it's okay to have different friends that you share different things with, you know, it's okay to have your school friends and your neighborhood friends. And I think that I was maybe looking for that BFF to be everything. And you can have friends that you talk about books with, but you, you know, don't play sports with them. And then you can have friends that you play sports with, but you don't you know, sit at the cafeteria table with. And I think that, um, I would just would have told myself like, it's okay. Like you don't need one friend to be your everything. Yes. You can have a good solid group of friends or have your next door neighbor that you love, but, um, you will find your people and look for things that you have in common with them and just lean into that. I mean, maybe that's too much for an 11-year-old. No, I think, you know, I, I really do hope that fifth graders, sixth graders were, would be able to learn that it's healthy to have many circles of friends. Mm-hmm. It's actually the healthier way. I think what happens, and this is a tangent, but we're friends, so I can take it, mm-hmm. is that yeah. um, on television, like any any TV, right, is going to focus on one circle of friends because it's a it's a screenplay. They can't like go into every single yeah. circle of a character. So what it is teaching us, because we grew up on Friends and uh, Felicity, Saved and by the Bell, Saved by the Bell. They had this one group, you know, yeah. and that's because yeah. it was a TV show and they couldn't write mm. all the people that was in their life. And so you grow up thinking, well, I need to have my one group, but that's actually not healthy. You should have mm-hmm. many circles because, you know, if something does go sour, which it does sometimes in junior yes. high and high school, yes. it's not like you're losing your entire social connection because it's gone sour mm-hmm. with this one group. You've got other people that you could hang out with. So I always, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm always telling mm-hmm. my kids have many circles if you can, if it's possible. Yeah. So I think yeah. it's great advice. That's awesome. For sure. Yeah. Well, I am so excited that we got to do this and. I'm yes. So Thank you so much for having me. Of it's always fun to have my friends in the show. As I mentioned earlier, I had so much fun talking to my friend and yes, you got to check out her podcast. It's so good. If you have a family or are about to start a family, it doesn't matter what season you're in with your family, this show is awesome. It's called Build Your Best Family and you can pretty much listen to it anywhere you listen to podcasts, but go check it out. Of course, I'm putting this stuff in the show notes. I said that before, but in case you were feeling a little nervous about it, it's going to be in the show notes. And I just want to say this. I don't even know why I'm saying this, but I'm going to just go ahead and be bossy and say it. If you feel like your family needs a little help and sort of creating a much more positive 
and fruitful family culture, Kimberly is an excellent family culture coach and she is worth every dime. Totally worth it. I know of people, I know personally I've benefited from her wisdom. You are really going to get a lot out of talking with her and making a plan that's going to help you have a much more healthier, fruitful, fun, all the good things, family culture happening in your home. Okay, that's all I have for today. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at Friending Show. And of course, you can always make friends with me on Instagram at your friend Noel. And, you know, don't be a stranger. Come find us on Facebook. We got a little group there going. It's completely free and we do a lot of discussion questions and some other extra stuff happens there. You are totally welcome. We'd love to have you. Till next time, I'm your friend, Noelle. Hey there, if you are enjoying this podcast, Friending, please consider becoming a patron and help us run the show. Every dollar really does help us. I promise you, every single cent does. And you can do so by heading to patreon.com backslash friending. And of course, there's a link in the show notes. For $5 a month, you get a bunch of extra bonuses and you get early access to the episodes. So, hey, if you are thinking about it and want to help the show keep going, consider becoming a patron through Patreon. We would be so grateful.